Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Welcome back. And we don't get to talk to this young man very often because he's prepping for his broadcast. But Dave Wills joins us this afternoon from the Rays, part of the broadcast team and both you guys saw, signed to a nice long-term deal. I know I saw Andy, and I think you signed one last year. Did you not, Dave? I'm, I'm good for I'm good for next season. Okay, so, uh, we're, we're all set. And uh, congratulations to Andy. Like I've said many times, I couldn't ask for a better partner. And uh, really, really looking forward to working with him for uh, not only next year but many, many years to come. Uh huh. All right, you just heard the uh, the update there that uh, the price for Kiermaier is exorbitant. Uh, of course, that's might be agents talking, but Shouldn't it be shouldn't it be exorbitant when you're talking about perhaps your best player? Well, for, uh, no doubt your best defensive player. I mean, yeah. uh, we're not just going to give him away. I know that when you're a 68 win team like the Rays were, I mean, uh, I don't think anybody should be untouchable. I agree with what some of our front office guys have said, but uh, I do also believe that I think we've got a decent core when you think about the best defensive outfielder in the game, maybe the best defensive player. Evan had a solid season last year, if not uh, really really good, and then. I think our starting pitching still is going to be among the better starting staffs in, in baseball. But uh, there are some holes to, holes to fill. Uh, our bullpen needs uh, a complete overhaul. Mm-hmm. Outside of probably Alex Fulham and one or two others. And uh, I know a lot of people are still looking for an upgraded catcher. I don't know if that's going to come or not. But uh, there, there are some holes that need to be filled. And sometimes you have to take uh, whatever you can get. Not necessarily whatever you can get, but you take what uh, your, your, your biggest pieces are out there to maybe try to fill some of those holes. And if – you know, again, my house isn't for sale right now, big dog. If somebody <laughs> walked up to me right now and offered me $700,000 for it, yep. I'd probably take it. I hear you. I hear you. But uh, I would think catcher is the number one spot. If you're going to fill a spot, I think catcher would be number one. If it, To me, it would solidify if you kept Kiermaier with uh, the addition of Duffy at short and Logan Forsyth is second, assuming everybody stays. Uh, that's a pretty strong up the middle if you can grab a catcher uh, to, to be the guy. I don't disagree with the fact that you have to be strong up the middle. Whenever you look back at when the Rays were uh, in playoff contention or in the playoffs in 08 and uh, in, in 10 when we did uh, win the division both those years, we were very strong up the middle. And I think that uh, that is an area of weakness, no doubt, for this Rays team right now. We've got to be better at catcher. And I think if you, uh, you know, you probably did hear us a number of times during, you know, July mm-hmm. and August that we needed to be better at catcher. There's no yeah. doubt about it. But I think as the season went along, and this has nothing to do with what happened in the playoffs, because I think it's an aberration that you can use guys like an Andrew Miller or uh, a Roldis Chapman in the seventh and eighth innings of, uh, you know, six-game tournaments or seven-game tournaments. You can do that in October. You can't do that all season. So I really, really think that we've got to get thicker in the bullpen. We have won. I know we haven't won at all, but we have been able to get to the postseason big dog with mediocre mm-hmm. catching, sometimes at best. We have not been able to get to the postseason if you don't have a strong bullpen. And right now, I mean, toward the end of last season, Kevin Cash had confidence in Alex Colome and Alex Colome. Alex Colome. <laughs> I mean, that was what it was. And, uh, you know, it, it, you know, Xavier Cedeno was dinged up. We didn't have his services, so it really, really became 
a tough situation. So I would think that as the, as the season went on for me, and I think for Andy as well, as we were watching it happen, uh, bullpen relief uh, help probably surpassed catching. Although, again, if we can uh, upgrade a catcher, there's no doubt that uh, there's room for improvement there. And who knows? I, I know a lot of people are expecting Kirk Casale to, to kind of bounce back and maybe be uh, better than what he was uh, last year for sure. But uh, I still think my main focal point would be on trying to find some power arms because uh, bringing in guys that throw 91-92 that get ground balls and pop-ups uh, isn't as good as bringing in guys that throw 95-97 to that get swing and misses. I agree. Uh, what What's your thoughts on just, you know, whatever – your seventh inning guy, your eighth inning guy. When we were when the Rays were were, were winning games, that's what they had. Uh, instead of mixing and matching, uh, it was uh, was Soriano and uh, and and you can name them right better yeah, than yeah, I can. We had Benoit, we had Benoit, Benoit yeah, then, JP Howell. I mean, we had all those guys. And uh, but it starts with the starters. I, I mean, I know again, people are talking about this new wave bullpen situation, but I talked to uh, you know Joe Madden just a few days ago. And Joe says, you know, our bullpen was, at the end, a little shaky. I mean, uh, you know, one of the reasons why we were able to get through was Chapman, but Montgomery was pretty good. But the other guys were starting to show some signs of mm-hmm. uh, shaking, being shaken up a little bit. But it all started because his starters put together the most innings of any staff in the National League. And that's where it begins for the Rays. You know, I know we've had good bullpens, but we've also had good starting staffs yep. that would give us six, seven, eight innings, maybe an occasional nine innings. We did not have that last year outside of, what, uh, Matt Andres going nine innings one time. So, uh, you know, you show me a good bullpen, and I'll see a bullpen that's got some power arms, but also a bullpen that you use when you want to, not when you have to. And unfortunately, last year and for the last couple years, it seemed uh, that uh, Kevin Cash and even Joe Madden before him in 14 have had to use the bullpen too many times because they have to, not because they want to. Our starters have to start going a little deeper into the game. And last year – I know that Kevin made a concerted effort to try to get Archer to go, maybe an extra inning here or there, maybe to try to get another inning out of Jake Odorizzi, whereas the year before, I know we were on that third time through kind of thing, but mm-hmm. last year was not the case. And uh, it, it just it, they, they've got to be better to make our relievers better because if you start overusing guys like we found out with Erasmo last year, Big Dog, yes. if you overuse them in April and May, there's not going to be anything left. Uh, come September, the starters seemed to make an adjustment. They were the ball was leaving the park in the beginning of this in the, in the first part of the season. Obviously, there's uh, the ball was hot, quote unquote. If you listen to mm-hmm. some people, and our guys, a lot of our guys are fly ball pitchers, and they seem to did they make the adjustment in the second half because they were a heck of a lot better, and there was a lot less home runs uh, given up for starters. So therefore, they could stay in. A little bit longer, not all of them. But... I, think, I, I agree with you. I think there were some adjustments made. I yeah. think you know, we became a very predictable staff. We were a high fastball team. Yep. Uh, most of our guys were high fastball guys with the off-speed stuff down and away. And uh, plain and simple, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even close to being a hitter. I was couldn't even hit in little league. But uh, if you're a big league hitter and you have an idea that something elevated is coming in, that's going to have velocity to it, and something off-speed is going to be down. That that takes care of some of the equation when you're trying to hit the big league. So. I think our guys were somewhat predictable in the first half. I think they did make some adjustments in the second half, and hopefully uh, we do that from the get-go here in 2017. Dave Wills, uh, our play-by-play radio voice. Um, In the past, they went out and got guys that might have been a little bit injured and and, and took a gamble on them, and it paid off in the bullpen. 
How do you get those arms that everybody's looking for? I mean, they don't grow on trees. How do you get them? Do you take the chance on uh, somebody that's coming back from injury that you can get a good year out of, uh, or or do you do you trade starters for relievers? Well, I think that's that's something that we're going to have to take a look at. I mean, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if one of our starters does indeed, you know, end up getting traded for maybe an arm or two, maybe a, a somewhat established uh, major league arm in the bullpen, and then maybe another arm that might be a, a year or two away from being able to help us out. I think the other thing you look at too is there's hopefully some help uh, from uh, you know inside the organization. I know a lot of people have been talking about uh, Ryan Stanek, a kid that uh, can throw close to you know 100 miles an hour, but uh, Last year was about the first time that he ever started to get it to where he was throwing it where he was supposed to. I think there's some intrigue with a guy like, uh, you know, even Chase Whitley. I think there's still talk about making him uh, a starter and probably even starting him in Durham to give us some uh, starting depth just in case anybody were to go down. But Austin Pruitt, not a real big guy, but a guy that uh, they were kind of hoping to see, I think, last year, and then he got hurt toward the end of the spring, uh, end of the minor league season. And so I think there are some in-house candidates, but, but you know, we're, we're not going to be able to go out and probably get – uh, you know, obviously, even, you know, the big boys that are available right now, but even the next tier of guys, uh, who knows? I mean, and does Joe Nathan have something left of the tank? Uh, I, I know that's not usually our kind of get, but I think that's another thing that we have been lacking here over the last few years. I think we need some veteran leadership in some different areas. And uh, mm-hmm. I think one of them would be in the bullpen, especially if you've got a bunch of young arms out there, which is probably what we're going to have. You know, we all started to come together, and I know people talk about 08 as that magical year, and it was. And, you know, Troy Percival did some things on the field, but he did some things off the field that helped that young staff, especially the bullpen staff. So did Trevor Miller. So I think it'd be nice to have, and Dan Wheeler was a big part of that as well. So it would be nice to have a veteran presence down in that bullpen area to help these guys, you know, get through. I mean, teach a guy like Erasmo how to be a bullpen guy. You can't still go out there and do things like you would as a starter if you're pitching every other day as a reliever. And and that was part of the reason why he might have wore down as well. So, uh, th- there's going to be some chances to be taken. Who knows? Maybe a Jake McGee comes back to friendly soil and, and pitches like he did a couple of years ago. It's the way he did last year with the Colorado Rockies. So, you know, there might be some, some opportunity to bring some guys in, as you said, that might not have had uh, plus seasons a year ago, might be coming off some kind of an injury. But, uh, you know, we do put a lot of faith in Jim Hickey, a lot of faith in Stan Borowski, and then especially a lot of faith in Ron Porterfield and those guys to keep these guys healthy or get them healthy to help us out. Yeah, if I'm Jake McGee, I want out of Colorado as fast as I can. I don't care how good you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the balls didn't work out too well for him last year. What's that? It didn't seem to work no, out too well for him it last did, year. It didn't. It didn't. No. Uh, well, I mean, I, I refuse to believe that this was a 68-team, you know, 68-win team. They, were, they, they had some things go wrong in the middle of the season and in the beginning of the season they were okay um hopefully you know it seems that like matt's waiting for the b-listers to come out and like you said uh the you can't go 26 years for chapman at god knows how much money uh i don't think he'll get that but you know the, the rays have had some success and i know the fans don't want to hear it but the rays have had some success with b-listers that once the carcasses are picked off, picked over by uh, the big boys, that they can find some value in there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I love shopping at Nordstrom's, but sometimes mm-hmm. got to go to Target. To at Nordstrom's rack, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I go to Nordstrom's rack and find a uh, Tommy Bahama for a few bucks less. Right, but, uh, right. Who knows? I mean, you know, again, I think right now, too big dog. I think that trade of Chris Sale 
it reminds me a little bit of grammar school in high school where uh, everybody's taking the test and the uh, teacher's just sitting up there at the desk waiting for you to hand that one in. And nobody wanted to be the first one mm. because nobody wanted to hand it in and start seeing the teacher start to check off the wrong answers. I'd rather hand mine in with about 10 or 12 other guys where it kind of gets mixed in and then you don't know exactly what you did. So I think now that the first big trade has been made, and, and, and a lot of people like what the White Sox got in return, uh, but they got just prospects. Yeah, one of them's the number one prospects and, and number one prospect in Mankata. Uh, the, the relief, the, the pitcher that they picked up can throw 100 miles an hour. Uh, you know, we'll see how that all does play out. But now that that's taken care of, I think Matt and Heim and, and Eric Neander now are kind of monitoring all right, what can we get for this player? What might be able to get now for this player? This is what they got for sale. So now this is the guy. This is what we're looking for for our guys. And if we get it, I'm sure we'll pull the trigger on it. If we don't, it's nice to go into spring training with a heck of a lot of depth because the old saying is about starting pitching. Just when you think you got enough, you go out and get more. Yeah, you go out. Yeah, uh, and and that, there is the benchmark in, with sale. So you you have it right there. And I tell you what, you know, the rich get richer, do they not? Oh my gosh! I mean, you, you look at the what the outlay for the Red Sox is technically now. I just saw a couple of things, and whether or not it's true or not, but it was on the internet. Um, it, it's almost a hundred million dollars for Chris Sale now, because if you count what Sale is owed, and then you count the sixty-eight million dollars or thereabouts, give or take a couple of bucks that they paid for Mancata, that's a hundred million dollars they're paying for Chris Sale for three years, which mm. is right around what they're paying David Price. Yes, so I guess it's not all that bad, but. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a pretty inform- a pretty impressive group that they're going to be able to throw out there uh, on any given day. But uh, you know, the Red Sox have been in that position before. Uh, would I like to be uh, a team to be able to acquire guys like that? Absolutely. But teams that have won in December haven't necessarily won in October the next year. I agree. And we've watched that happen to a number of teams in the past. I agree. I agree. Well, Dave, always a pleasure talking to you, and uh, we'll see you come February, if not well. before. All right. Thanks, I Dave. Hope so. <laughs> Have a great holiday. Have All right, you too. Merry Christmas to you. Yep. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.